The Spirit is left to us. The same Holy Spirit power that brought about creation, the same Holy Spirit power that empowered the Old Testament prophets, the same Holy Spirit power that helped Jesus fulfill his mission is now with the church, with his people, still doing the same work that he's been doing for all of eternity, which is bringing beauty out of chaos. Mark Spence and I recently traveled to the lovely Dominican Republic. I actually <laughs> sat next to Mark, which I try to I'm avoid. sorry about that. Yeah, I, I, I concur. Uh, look, I've been mocked many, many, many times on this, this morning. podcast <laughs> this morning and constantly for my many idiosyncrasies. And I admit, I have many, many idiosyncrasies. Yep. But today it's my turn to mock. Mark, let's talk about your travel junk. <laughs> My travel junk? Yeah, Mark. Your 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 paraphernalia that you load your backpack what with. What do you got? Tell them tell them, Mark, about the the, the thing that you hook your <laughs> your head to. <laughs> no, so uh, see, listen, I tell I'm, them about the five the five hundred pound eye cover that you have and the thing that goes around about? your neck. Do you have the, I, the Thera thing? Yes. You should see I, the I, thing I'm, I'm a seasoned that. traveler. Uh, tell, I've been traveling with Ray for many years. Tell him about your paper soap. <laughs> but, I hey, do have hey, paper soap. Easy, the eye covers because that. you're there. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. I'm sure it didn't help. Mark, seriously, I mean. What do you, what do you want to know? What do you. Okay. What are the top three travel accessories that you recommend to any and everybody? Well, the thing is, is you should have seen the glee with which he displayed all of his paraphernalia. I mean, it's like, you remember Felix, the the bag of tricks? I (laughs) feel like over the last couple of episodes, Mark and I have been bonding over similarities because I'm actually with him. Oh, yeah. I think travel accessories are a necessity. Yeah, anyone who's a wiener schnitzel lover. I I have these little paper soaps. Mm -hmm. So when you go into different areas, because we travel overseas quite a bit, and they, they just don't have soap. Well, mm-hmm. I want to wash my hands so I can use Naturally. a little paper soap, and then it turns into... Makes perfect sense uh, to me. Good soap. And then I have an eye covering that is absolutely amazing, because Thomas and Christina Pertel recommended it, and I say, wow, it, this is amazing. I the could not sleep on airplanes until I got eye, the eye cover. I, I call it eye patch. Amazing. No, okay, yeah. look, you have nice little eye covers. There's this thing, better. it's like what they put on Saddam Hussein before his execution. <laughs> this thing was It like, is so comfortable. What was it, Mark? It's, it it's just like covers a, your eyes. It's like it's a pillow so on your face. Yes. Is it, it's like a cooling Good mechanism? Way to describe it. it it's not, but it is, it is absolutely <laughs> amazing. I found it on Amazon. <laughs> And then he, he has these noise canceling things. Oh, I got those. But, he, but he's putting like he's putting earplugs in inside those. <laughs> yeah, so I'll put earplugs in and then I put on noise canceling headphones. That's for easy also. It is. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't do any of that when he's not sitting yeah. next to you. Easy. Okay, but Mark, the best of all is that 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 thing that you put your neck on. What? Oh that's so what? you can well, sleep. Yeah, so you can sleep. So I, it wraps around oh, the, yeah. my chair and then it keeps my head upright. <laughs> Because Easy refuses to allow us to travel in comfort. So we have to be in the very, very back of the plane in the lavatory. In the bathroom. In the bathroom, yeah. yeah. He's got us booked downstairs with all the luggage. I tried to get you on the wing, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't let it happen. But but then there's, is that the same thing as the one that like... No, that's a different one. In case the other one fails. <laughs> you just got to travel with two neck pillows. Yeah, he's got backups to his backups. I do. It's for other people in case they need something. Have yeah. you seen the pillow where it's like this giant 
box and you stick your hands in it and then you like stick your hand oh yeah in you like asleep. inflate it right yeah, blow yeah. It up. yeah. no yeah. just develop a double chin you'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> it cannot be like easy i have a conviction with working out so oh, but hang on lies. talk about throwing stones at people in glass houses the first time i traveled with you is in new zealand you took his books you took a suitcase, a library. You took, yeah. you took Matthew Henry's commentary. You took the uh, British right. library. <laughs> yes. A righteous man takes righteous things. It's crazy. Not silly stuff with which he hangs But hang on, you don't on do that now. You, you don't do that now. I don't. Now no. we have electronics. Yeah. No cranda baraguido que papos, whatever that means. He does show up, though, like five and a half hours before the plane is loading. <laughs> that is so true. So true. Poor Mark. I was flying with him. Mark came yeah, early. I was flying with him one time, and I was meeting him at the airport, and our flight was like at 7 p.m., and he texts me at like 5 a.m. Hey, where are you? I'm here. <laughs> the previous day. I'm in bed, bro. Gotta keep you lid. A righteous man. And keeps his wood. Ray, is this is this giving you uh, like trauma flashbacks? PTSD no, I, I thought if that sleeping on plane planes worked, I might start traveling again. Because that's my big that's my big enigma. It's that it's not being able to sleep on long flights. Ray, if if you could go on a plane that has a bed where you could fully lie down, sleep. Uh, walk around, no seats. Ooh, That's look, a he's big getting, bed. getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> walk around in the bed. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd think about traveling again, but it's not. It's just like sheep. You're pushed into this barnyard. And it's a glorified bus. It. It's horrible. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Who was it? Someone just did a 17. Oh, it was you. That was me. 17 <laughs> hours. Singapore. It's like the hours. second or third longest direct flight in the world. Wow. Wait. 17 hours. 17 hours direct flight. Direct wow. flight. No layovers. Mark, wow. we had a long one in the Philippines. Miserable. No, that was about 12. No, I can't beat what he just did. No, 17 is When we crazy. went to London together and we landed, it was 10 hours. And the first thing I thought was... Seven more hours. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, but you know, if you can, I, I actually enjoy long flights just because <gasps> I can sleep and read. <laughs> oh, boy. See, as soon as we get on the plane, easy's off. Mouth open, oh, eyes closed. So glorious. And that it, my only fear is I'm snoring and people can hear it. You're it's all right. Not too it. many people complain when you travel with me. It was fun. <laughs> uh, 17 hours, the girl next to me would not stop flirting with me. That's your she wife. She is my wife, yeah. <laughs> That's going to get cut off and used as a, as a <laughs> along with the, uh, the Illuminati <laughs> clip about you. I fought her off for 17 hours. 17 oh, hours, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, but hey, the Dominican Republic, Mark, how awesome was that? Seriously, those dear saints over there that are, are teaching expositorily, they're, they're impacting all of Latin America. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, well, a, I, I thank God for Brother Luis, who... Uh, does all the organization, Amen. And, uh, the prep for yeah. uh, an event like that. Right. But listen, God has his remnant, not, not just here in sunny Southern California, but around the world. And I'm mm. continually amazed at the people who desire to honor God and have proper evangelism skills yeah. and invite us out to teach and to train. And people come up to us and they say, I listen to your podcast. I watch uh, your YouTube channel. I watch the television program. Our reach is far and wide by uh, the grace of God to the glory of God, mm. and I'm very appreciative of that. That's One humbling. thing that I love traveling is to be able to witness the different cultural contexts in which the same historic Christian faith 
lives itself out. And it reminds me, it's a great humble reminder that the center of what God is doing is not here in the United States of America. Because I I think that we we tend to think we're the Mecca, you know? But truly, I mean, when you travel, like God is doing such amazing faithful things. And to your point, so many of our listeners are overseas. Uh, So thank you to all of you. We're we're always thinking about you. I'm always praying for you. And and thank you for listening to us. And when you mention Luis, he's in charge of our Spanish division. Yeah, oh, he's a director of uh, Living Waters Espanol, and Miguel did a phenomenal job laying the foundation of that ministry for many years before he became our VP of Outreach and Operations. But yeah, Luis is doing a phenomenal job, and yeah, the connection with these brethren. I was so excited because Pastor Suhail, who's a pastor of the church, is an Arab <laughs> who grew up in the Dominican Republic. He was born and raised in the Dominican Republic, of course. but he's of Arab descent, and uh, what a great brother. I mean, they're, they're, that church is thriving. And they're reaching, and it's great. They they have like four hundred thousand subscribers on their YouTube channel. Wow! So uh, we had lots of people at the conference, but like I think over thirty thousand uh, views came for all the sessions all together. Yeah, I was surprised when I looked over and Miguel was teaching. I went on their their YouTube channel, and there were six hundred people watching that live. Live, yeah, live. And thousands ended up watching it later when it was crazy. Posted. Yeah. So it was great. Uh, and friends, uh, make sure to check out the Living Waters Espanol YouTube channel. It's coming up on 350,000 subscribers, which is just amazing. It's funny listening to you speak Spanish. Don't, don't. Why? For those of you who <laughs> obviously realize that is not actually Spanish. Oscar, that's... speak Spanish for us. No, no puedo. See, yo sé perdón, ni que espanda y alinos burrito. Okay, friends. <laughs> I understood the taco part. It was a burrito. You got to end it with burritos. All right, friends. Here's a comment, and they said amoising. A m o i z i n g. That means like wow. I first amoising. Amoising. Perhaps between amazing and annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's accurate. That, that's us. That's what it is. Summarize. I first heard this podcast because I saw Ray on YouTube, and the blessings continued from there. This podcast is theologically sound and is funny. I have only one request. Can you do an episode on the different ways to open when telling someone about God and things that have helped you when doing so? That's good. Mm. God bless. Peace. Yeah. Don't we have a book, Springboards? Um, I don't, the springboard? No, that got incorporated into the Evidence Bible. Oh, okay. That's, that's a good written. book. That's the first book I read of yours. Right? Mm. Yeah. Mm. I read it too. I want to read one one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by the Ten, Com- <laughs> Ten Commandments. Don't laugh at I yourself. I see how creative I can get. <laughs> uh, Ten Commandments, scroll pen, one of my absolute favorite resources at Living Waters, bar none. I love this. Whose Living idea Waters was it? Bar? Bar, yeah. <laughs> bar. bar McCurdy? Christians don't go to bars, Isaac. Living Waters uh, Bar, that's all right. <laughs> we should do one. Yeah, different kind of waters with flavor. Uh, Scrollpin, was that Daniel's idea? Whose idea was that? Ah, the ah. humble man. No, it's too humble to say it was me. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the humble gesture he did with his head? <laughs> that was great. Anyway, friends, check it out. It really is cool. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments are done in cartoon style. Uh, and there are mnemonic devices that help you memorize them. Really mnemonic? cool ones. <laughs> mnemonic. And don't forget the Evidence Study Bible and the Living Waters podcast. Mug at livingwaters.com. Thank you. That was Oscar. All right, friends. Today we are dealing with a topic of great significance. Who is the Holy Spirit? And what, what does he hmm. do? Now, why do I emphasize he? This is a good place to start. 
of all the three persons within the triune Godhead, I believe the Holy Spirit is the most misunderstood and the most misaddressed, if I can put it that way. Oftentimes when people talk about the Holy Spirit, you do hear it used uh, in describing him. And I think that's indicative of the fact that believers, unfortunately, don't really fully grasp that the Holy Spirit is God, Mm -hmm. that he is a second person of the triune Godhead. The Spirit? The Spirit. Third person. I said? Did I say what I say? You said second. I'm sorry. That would be Jesus. (laughs) Listen to me misidentifying today. Honestly. The third person of the triune Godhead, the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We could just beep it out like a cast or something. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) This is key. It's essential. It's important. And we want today to, to explore who is the Holy Spirit and what is his function in the life of the believer. Let's start. What about off. the non-believer? Can we deal with that as well? Oh yeah, we're going to deal. With, yeah, yes, of course. What is the role of the Holy Spirit? Period. So yeah, let's start with the fact that uh, the Spirit is God. Amen. Mm. What's next? No, you know what I think. I think it's helpful to to consider a biblical narrative of the Holy Spirit to see how He works from Old Testament to New and. So the question of like, where do we start? What's incredible about God and the Holy Spirit is that we start on page one of the Bible, not just page one, but chapter one, not just chapter one, but verse one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God, there it is, was hovering over the face of the waters. And so we start by seeing that when creation was a dark and a chaotic place, there was the Spirit of God at work. Mm. And there within that context, the Holy Spirit goes to work to bring about beauty and goodness and, and order out of chaos. And then throughout all the Old Testament, we see the biblical authors reference the Holy Spirit as the very presence of God. He is holding all of creation together. He is moving within creation to bring about his will. His will is reconciling the world to himself. Mm -hmm. And then in the Old Testament, we see him pay for the first time special attention and give special power to people. The first person he does that to is Joseph when he helps him interpret dreams. The second person is a creative individual. He empowers him to make beautiful things for the tabernacle. And then he, we see him empower the prophets. And what he does with the prophets is he gives them God's perspective on what's happening in the world. And so they see the sin, this order, the chaos that's coming about because of the things that Minner is doing. And the prophets in the midst of that say that the Holy Spirit is going to do something. It's going to take that chaos and turn it into beauty again, just like it did in Genesis 1. But then it kind of goes silent. Many years pass and it doesn't happen. And then at the beginning of Jesus's mission, Jesus is baptized. And in his baptism, we see the Holy Spirit come and rest upon him. And that is a representation that the Spirit is at work with Jesus to reconcile the world to himself, to bring beauty out of chaos. And what's amazing, again, to close out the biblical narrative of the Holy Spirit, what's really amazing is that we see the Holy Spirit work in Jesus's life. He heals people. He forgives sin. He creates life out of death. And then Jesus dies. The Spirit brings him back. And at the end of it all, 
at Pentecost, something amazing happens. The Spirit is left to us. The same Holy Spirit power that brought about creation, the same Holy Spirit power that empowered the Old Testament prophets, the same Holy Spirit power that helped Jesus fulfill his mission is now with the church, with his people, still doing the same work that he's been doing for all of eternity, which is bringing beauty out of chaos. Mm, That's good. That's a good overview, Oscar. Yeah, we have to remember in, in regards to the Spirit being God, in Hebrews 9.14, it says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God? So we see the Spirit is referred to as eternal. We know only God himself is eternal. And when we look at the grand scope of Scripture, we see the Spirit constantly referred to in connection, especially obviously within the pages of the New Testament, in connection with the Father and the Son. And so, Mark, uh, how important is it for believers to know and understand the person of the Spirit? And what's the significance of that for our lives? We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, a $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. Well, if you get it wrong... If you get wrong who uh, the Father is or the Son is or the Spirit, then you have God wrong, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that, that's how important it is. You're going to be worshiping someone who is not true, right? So, so we must get this right. This is, this is very, very important. You know, and, there, and there's a fine line of, I mean, how much do we have to understand in order to be saved? Yeah. Right, God, God saves us. But as we begin to mature and grow and learn, as we read scriptures, we have to get this right. If we do not get this right, well, then we are going to lead others astray, not, not just ourselves. And, you know, the famous text that we use out of Acts chapter 5 mm. with Ananias and Sapphira, where uh, it says, But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? And then he goes on to say, for you, have not, for you have lied to God. You have not lied to men, but you've lied to God, right? And, and that's, the, that's the idea, that when we lie, we are lying against the triune Godhead. When we sin in any capacity, right. that it is against the triune Godhead. So we have to get that right, because... We enter in a place of heresy, and then it becomes uh, inexcusable and damnable. It's mm. it's very dangerous. Well, understanding the Holy Spirit helps us um, get a fear of God in our hearts, because the Holy Spirit is called the Holy Spirit. And you can see where, like Martin just mentioned, Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit, and they were struck dead. Right, right. Yeah. And then Jesus exalts the Holy Spirit with uh, blasphemy against the Son of Man, shall be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Mm. So there's something incredible going on there with the Holy Spirit when we sin against him. 
All of these texts that you guys are referencing to our allusions to the Trinity, because listen, Psalm 51 against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil against God. Why is it he's saying that we have blasphemed the Holy Spirit? Why is he saying that we have lied against the Holy Spirit? Because we've lied against God himself. And so therein lies the importance of a doctrine of the Trinity. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we, we see we see it in Scripture, Matthew 28, 18 to 19, mm-hmm. of course, in the Great Commission, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father mm-hmm. and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, in the name. Mm-hmm. And that's singular, and it's indicative, again, of the Trinity. Uh, Mark 1, 10 to 11, and immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Mm-hmm. Then a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved Son, in whom so I am well pleased. And eliminate me here. Was that like a dove or was the Holy Spirit like a dove? I've seen a movie where they had Jesus being baptized and a dove walking on his head. <laughs> and I thought, oh, yeah. it just seems to be lacking something, if you yeah. know what I'm saying. I, I just I often wonder what that looked like, the Holy Spirit descending on in the form of a dove. Yeah, I mean, it appears that, that it was a dove. That's the, the typical understanding of it. But yeah, uh, there have been some funny things done on Christian movies. Mm-hmm. Well, Remember John the Baptist in that one? The big afro. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> There's also two representations of the dove throughout the Old Testament. Because remember, anytime we come across these words in the New Testament, they are intended to be a symbolic representation of something greater than just the literal interpretation of the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the only way for us to understand the deeper meaning of it beyond the literal is to be able to know our Old Testament Bibles. Mm -hmm. And you think about what what, what happens when a dove or a bird shows up. What happens when it shows up in Noah and the ark is that it's a representation of peace. It's a representation that there's some sort of new era coming about. And so when we see the the dove, uh, the spirit descending like a dove, to your point, that doesn't mean a dove is sitting on its head, like a dove, meaning there's something new happening. A new covenant is beginning, chaos becoming beauty, just like the waters receding and the land coming about, right? So like that moment is a representation of an inauguration of who Jesus was, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then in that text, again, that I just read in Mark 1, 10 to 11, again, we see the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit the Father spoke, the Spirit descended, and obviously it was upon Christ that the, that the dove descended. Second Corinthians 13, 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. And then Mark, what you referenced in Acts, spot on. I mean, there Peter references lying to the Spirit, and then he said, you haven't lied to men, but to mm. God. That's key. It's hugely important. And then we see the Holy Spirit doing things that are only in keeping with personhood. And the reason why I emphasize this is, again, because a lot of people drift into the error of like the Jehovah's Witnesses, who see the Holy Spirit as an impersonal force, right? I mean, people yep. drift into error without even recognizing what it's associated with or, or what the really ancient heresies are. I mean, they do the same with the Trinity, and they approach God as though he was modalistic, meaning that he manifests himself in three different forms, like like he changes roles, like putting on a mask, versus three distinct persons within the one triune Godhead. 
And so it's important to recognize he's not an impersonal force. He is God, mm. the third person of the Trinity, and the things that he does. You know, I mean, this is uh, Acts uh, 16, 6. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit mm. to preach the word in Asia. We look at other portions within Acts. Uh, it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said... Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So that's foundational. We're talking about God. And we've done an episode before where we've talked about the Holy Spirit here on the podcast. But today we want to really, again, hone in on what he does in association also, obviously, with who he is. Go ahead, Mark. Well, I'd like to start us off by um, talking about what the role is of the Holy Spirit in the life of the non-believer. Let's do that. As we see in uh, John chapter uh, 16, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Mm. So this is very important when it comes to evangelism. When we engage into a conversation with a non-believer, remember, it is the role of the Holy Spirit to convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment. So now how does he do that? Right? Because how will they hear unless a preacher is sent? Yeah. We must go through the commandments, the law of God, to bring the knowledge of sin. So the Spirit will convict the non-believer of missing the mark, of transgressing his law when we go through the commandments. This is why, how many lies have you told? Have you ever stolen anything? Have you ever used God's name in vain? This will bring a weight of the law upon the conscience of the individual. Mm. You will be now judged because you've broken God's law. This now begins to make sense. This is, if you watch our YouTube channel from our main channel to Ray's second channel of Just Witnessing, you see heads of people nodding in agreement mm. that judgment makes sense as Ray begins to go through the commandments. Yeah. You will be judged, and you do not have the righteousness required of the law to stand before holy God. Does this make sense? Mm. And people not in agreement. Now, they may not get born again, but the law is written on their hearts. So when we pull out the commandments, yes, I've broken God's law. If I'm weighed in the balances, I'll be found wanting. I do not have the righteousness required of the law to stand before God. I will therefore be judged. Hmm. And we see Paul do this in the book of Acts yeah. with uh, Felix. It says that he reasoned with him concerning self-control which was the sin in Felix's life, whatever that was, yeah. whatever that meant. It says self-control, righteousness, and judgment. That is how Paul reasoned with Felix. Mm. And that is what we do. When we are out on the streets, we're witnessing. We're not just a Gatling gun trying to go through all the commandments. We are looking as we go through the commandments, what is that mm -hmm. sin in that person's life that is holding them back, that is so dear to them that they're willing to hold on to like a, uh, like a big old block and sink down into the pit of hell. Right. And once we figure out what that is, we drive it home with all kinds of illustrations and stories and scriptures that illustrate that point until they say, what must I do to be saved? Hmm. Or Amen. stop. Yeah. And that's the importance, and that is the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the non-believer, to convict of sin, judgment, and righteousness. Yeah, you know, Ray, you often talk about how the law is our ally with the sinner. 
uh, uh, the conscience mm-hmm. is our ally with the sinner. Uh, and in combination with that, we're, we also have the ally of the law, which the conscience taps into as we, as, we get, as we give the law, but also the Holy Spirit would also be our ally in the proclamation of the gospel, both our ally in his empowerment of us in proclaiming the gospel and our ally in convicting of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Wouldn't you say that? Absolutely. I often think of that verse where Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And if we try and evangelize without the Holy Spirit bringing conviction of sin, which is transgression of the law, judgment, which is by the law, and righteousness, which is of the law, it's going to be dead letter. Mm. It, it'll just, it'll just won't hit the mark. So I plead with God, please help me draw people, grant them repentance, acknowledging the truth. And, uh, you know, some people say, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit's job is to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. What have we got to do? Well, then we don't preach the gospel. We just stay at home if it's the job of the Holy Spirit to do all that. Yeah. No, we work with the Holy Spirit. He's our helper. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, mm. and you shall be my witnesses. So he is our power, and without him we can do nothing. That's so key, Ray, that you, you quoted that verse from Acts, because the significance of it is the fact that this was Christ's kind of final words to the apostles before he ascended to the Father. And, and it was in connection with what he was calling them to do. Well, you can, you can see the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of Peter. He was a whinging coward who denied Jesus three times until the cock crew, and he came to his senses. But on the day of Pentecost, he received the power from the Holy Spirit, and he was bold in the face of those that were murderers. He called them murderers, those that crucified Christ, and often empathized with Peter when he denied the Lord. And by that I mean he was aware what happens, I'm sure, when a Roman crucifies someone. Yeah. The, the, the wailing like a, a, a wounded animal as they hold his hands to nail him to a cross and hold his feet to nail him to a cross. and The terror of it and hearing a human being scream, he probably felt the power of the fear of man. Mm-hmm. And I understand without the Holy Spirit, we've got no defense against the fear of man. But once we've received that power, we've got no excuse because mm-hmm. God is with us. I'm so glad you you highlighted that, Ray. That's so important because, you know, Oscar, there's been this perception, uh, I think, by insightful believers over the ages that the church is in big danger when it begins to function in a way where it wouldn't even be noticeable if the Spirit departed, Mm. which means that (laughs) we're doing it in the arm of the flesh. Isn't it called Ichabod? Ichabod, yeah, the, 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 the glory is departed, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Oscar, speak to that. I mean, the, 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 the indispensable. Yep. I mean, and even, it, it sounds, there's some things I say, and it's like, how stupid is it to say that, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's like saying, oh, people need to continue to drink water to stay alive. I mean, but the, <laughs> Ray goes As for his mug. His water the, the, for the first time in three days. The, <laughs> the, indispensable, the indispensable presence yeah. of the Spirit within the church. Again, we talked about how the inauguration of the call to go out and preach the gospel was, hey, when the Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power and you'll be my witnesses. That's great. Well, you know what? I think there's two errors that are made here. The first error is to excuse your lack of wisdom and discernment and planning and preparation and just say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit will take care of it. Right, like you'll think to yourself, you'll you'll receive all of the wisdom from faithful believers. Say, hey, that's not a good idea. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to trust the Spirit with the results. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's that end of it, and then there's the spectrum that you're talking about, which is that uh, we 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 try to do things by our own will and power. 
that we, we plan and prepare and we don't take into account that nothing can be done for the kingdom of God aside from the Holy Spirit. And I heard a great metaphor once that, that stuck with me, probably because I sail. Uh, and so sailing is the great metaphor, right? Like when I get out on the water, I have my own volition, my own planning and preparation, my own work, right? Which is that I check where I want to go. I check the compass on the direction and the heading that I want to go in. And then I have to work diligently in preparation with knowledge to lift up my sails and point them in the right direction and use my rudder to go in the direction that I want to go in. But guess what? I will not get there if the wind is not blowing. Mm. And so in that sense, yes, prepare, plan, listen to wisdom, heed counsel, but also do not forget that you cannot do a thing for the kingdom of God without the power of the Holy Spirit moving you, feeling your sails with power, propelling you towards the end goal, which is the glorification of God. Do you yeah. have a spare outdoor motor in case? <laughs> we do, yeah. Yeah, Oscar. Just back up. <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen Oscar for two weeks. It's been windless. Yeah. It's important for us to, to recognize how the Spirit uh, works in the life of the church, in the life of His people, and, and what He does. And um, Mark mentioned Got Questions on our last podcast. Man, they are such a great resource for our listeners. They're very thorough, and they're very accurate. And I find Would you them, say they got answers? They got answers. You see, do you know who they are? I was trying to find it the other day. They're all very humble and anonymous, but they're very solid. Yeah, it's, it's uh, me. Thank you. They're in Colorado. <laughs> Oscar's That's all the I know. They're in Colorado. Behind it all, uh, they're they're solid. I'd love to connect with them. So mm. if anyone knows our dear friends from Got Questions, connect us. We'd like answers. Yeah, and so we uh, have to hook up Got Questions with answers in Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> got questions, we got answers in Genesis. So yeah, so the Spirit is referenced, and, and they give a great list on all of the different titles and and roles of the Spirit. So author of Scripture, mm. first and foremost. You know, we know that Scripture calls the the word of God, the sword of the Spirit. The Spirit was involved in the assembling of Scripture as he moved upon the writers of Scripture. We know Second uh, Peter 1 talks about how holy men of God were moved by the Spirit. Scripture is God-breathed, and obviously that's in connection with the Holy Spirit. And so it's important for us to remember that. And it's not only that the Holy Spirit gives us God's word, but as John 16, 13 says, he leads us into all truth, right? I mean, scripture makes it clear, your word is truth. So Mark, the connection there between the spirit authoring the word and then the spirit guiding us into all truth and illuminating us to the word. Yeah, well, that's the role of the Holy Spirit, you know, for the believer, that he indwells inside of us. I like uh, this thing that I found earlier. It says the indwelling presence is often referred to as the Spirit of Christ or the Spirit of God. And the presence of the Holy Spirit within believers is seen as a source of guidance, strength, and empowerment in the Christian journey. Mm -hmm. So our spirit can bear witness with his spirit that we're a child of God. And as we read through the Word of God, our spirit bears witness with what we're reading as being accurate even. Yeah. So the more we engulf ourselves inside the Word, the more we're going to understand error when it comes our way or when we see truth when it's presented. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and then the Spirit is referred to as the Comforter, the Counselor, the Advocate. Uh, you could look at verses like Isaiah 1, uh, 11, 12, John 14, 16, 15, 26, 16, mm. 7. Um, <laughs> Ray knows them all. Yeah, the Paraclete, the Paracletos. The Paracletes? Uh, the 
Paraclete. Uh, another, that's another name for the Spirit. Um, so, Ray, the uh, Holy Spirit as comfort. Er, comfort. Yeah, I think I mentioned before that a gentleman years ago said to me he saw a picture of James I holding a sword and plunging the sword into the back of his troops. And underneath it, I had James I comforting his troops. And he wasn't saying, there, there, it's okay, it's okay, there's a cat on your lap in front of a fireplace. He was saying, <laughs> no. get into battle. He's encouraging, putting courage in them. And that's the, that's the role of the Holy Spirit, not just to sort of cuddle us, but to say, get into the labor, get to the front lines, be bold. Mm. You'll receive the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit when it comes upon you, Acts wow. 1.8. Yeah. yeah. Can and, I just say something here? J.I. Packer said something amazing. A lot of things. Jep? Go ahead. No, that was it. I just thought I'd say that. No, I've got the quote. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is God, the evangelist. Nice. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Isn't that good? It's short. But Read it's it again, right? J.I. Packer said, the Holy Spirit is God, the evangelist. Ooh. That's good. Isn't I love it? that. It's short but deep. Yeah. Like that's, me. That's <laughs> I love this quote Capture. by by Jonathan Edwards. He says, dull. I find my experience that... He said, let what? Me... Uh-huh. When did he, how did he start? Dull. Like Dole Whip? D-U-L-L. Dull. Oh. I f- Dull. I thought you were saying D-O-L-L. <laughs> dull. Hey, Dull. Dull. <laughs> I find by experience that let me make resolutions and do what I will with never so many inventions. It is all nothing and to no purpose at all without the Spirit of God. For if the Spirit of God should be as much withdrawn from me always as for the week past, notwithstanding all I do, I should not grow, but should languish and miserably fade away. I perceive if God should withdraw his Spirit a little more, I should not hesitate to break my resolutions and should soon arrive at my old state. There is no dependence on myself. And, And Mark, that really is the key, isn't it? Dependence on the Spirit a demonstration that He must animate us, He must energize us, He must strengthen us, He must empower us in order for us to do what's impossible to do. I love it when this kind of quote is used in different forms, where someone says, the Christian life is not hard. It's impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> you know, people are waiting for someone to be like, no, it's easy. No, no, it's not that it's, it's not hard, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not difficult. Yeah. It's impossible. Therefore, you need a miracle, and only God can do what God can do. Mm. What people need to realize is that we need God more than our lungs need oxygen, more than our veins need blood. And when you come to that realization, then we will live continually with the mindset that God is here, that we need to meditate through God's Word day and night, Mm. that when a temptation comes our way, it's the Lord rebuke you, right? That The way we see in Jude, I believe it is with Michael the archangel. Yeah. We need to come to that realization that without God, we are no match, let alone, not just for the enemy, but for ourselves. We, we cannot handle anything that comes our way. Yeah. So there is an absolute, utter dependence upon the Lord. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and according to that dependence, another thing that the Holy Spirit is that he is a seal, a promise of the new covenant that we have mm. in Christ through his blood, that he will be with us forever. That is the promise, both here and in heaven. He is the one that sustains our salvation. That mm. is key because I think that we have a theological weakness in regards to, to salvation. We understand what gets us saved, but we don't realize what keeps us saved. Mm. What keeps us saved is not our work. 
It's not our faithfulness. It is the sustaining power of the Holy Spirit. It is our promise seal that our salvation is here and forever. Amen. Amen. Oscar, that was actually the next thing on the list here from God Questions. He is the deposit, the seal, and the earnest of the believer. And Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. You can't go over the word earnest without explaining it. It's it's almost archaic. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's almost synonymous with, uh, well, guarantee is the best way to put it. He's our guarantee. Yeah. And, and, you know, in Ephesians 1, right, like I said, you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who's a guarantee, the earnest of our inheritance until until the redemption of the purchased possession. Mm. Oh, man. Like, seriously, how many times? I've had that memorized for so long. But the power of that, the purchased possession, Mm -hmm. you're not your own. You are purchased with a price. Yeah, you're quoting 1 Peter, but also, so that, and First Peter is referencing Hosea and Gomer, mm-hmm. in which Gomer sells herself into prostitution, and Hosea is not done with his wife. He goes into the marketplace and he buys her back. And the scriptures tell us that he buys her back with pennies on the dollar. Of course, when you talk about our purchased possession, how does that reference Jesus? Because it is Jesus who goes into the marketplace and buys us back. Mm. But he doesn't pay pennies on the dollar. He pays with his blood, his whole life. We are the gomers. We are the ones who are Jesus's purchased possession. Yeah. And he gave us the Holy Spirit as the seal Mm. to that. He's going to redeem us. He's going to buy us back, uh, you know, on that day and take what he's purchased. Right. Yeah. The earnest of the spirit, going back to that for a minute, as a guarantee of that, which is to come. If I was to say to you, I'm going to give you guys a million dollars in half an hour, and I gave you half a million or 100,000 right now, that would be a guarantee I'm going to keep my word. Yeah. And the, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is the earnest, the guarantee, the down payment, and the transformed life. I mean, I look back on Ray Comfort BC, a totally different person. People say, how can you know? You know, what you're saying is true. I know because I've been transformed by the power of God to a point Amen. 52 years later, my mouth is still open like a road tunnel <laughs> wow. with shock at what God did to me. Mm. Brand new person on the inside. Amen. Ray Comfort, BC. I want to meet Ray Comfort for British Columbia. I would really <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. Well, I went to Kelowna once in BC. Oh. Beautiful place. Yeah. So, Ray, that was really well put. The Spirit is also our guide, John 16, 13. Uh, he guides us. Uh, he helps us to discern and understand truth. He indwells us. He's our intercessor. Man, Mark, Romans eight twenty six. right? He intercedes for us with groans that are too deep to utter. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we had prayers before God where we cannot put into words? Perhaps we're so afflicted, the weight of what we're going through or what our friend is going through is so much for us to handle that we cannot put into words where we just end up beside ourselves, groaning and just thinking about that situation, and our mind cannot even fully grasp all that is going through, where we end up just groaning before the Lord, or maybe repeating something over and over again, because we are utterly beside ourselves. Hmm. That is exactly where the Spirit interrupts, intercedes, and brings before the request. You know, I've often said that God does not speak English. We know that he does, but it, God's ear is attentive to our hearts, right? That, it, that he speaks heart-ish. Mm. Therefore, we don't need to have our words be many. They can be few. That his ear is right up against our heart or the groaning, if you would, and he's able to decipher what exactly we are trying to get at yeah. when we go before him. Yeah, so pleased to hear you say that, Mark. I, um, 
I am not a good prayer. I'm a pathetic prayer. Yeah. And often I, I'm so repetitious <laughs> and pathetic. And I love it when the scripture says that we don't know how we ought to pray. Yeah. And like Mark was just saying, we pray with groanings that cannot be uttered. And I saw this wonderful quote by Oswald Chambers. He said, if we rely on the Holy Spirit, we shall find that our prayers become more and more inarticulate. Ooh. And when they are inarticulate, reverence grows deeper and deeper. Inarticulate means unable to express oneself distinctly or speak clearly. And that is that groaning. And often I just find that with prayer. It's just right in the middle of my chest. Yeah. I don't know what to say. It's just, a, oh, mm. oh, God, you've yeah. got to do something. And the yeah. consolation <laughs> that the Spirit is interceding for us. You yeah. know, I love that Scripture reminds us that God knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. Yes. And I've often said, you know, we need to be careful of talking about the power of prayer we need to talk about the power of God to answer prayer. Because if I'm thinking there's some kind of power in my prayer and I'm That's unable good. to articulate or I'm feeling weak or I'm... No, no, it's God's power to answer prayer, my feeble prayers, with His Holy Spirit interceding for me with those groans that are too deep to utter. You made me think of uh, um, something from many years ago, our Living Waters Jesus paper that we produced back in 1974. I asked a cartoonist to do a biker show up on a bike, and he was huge, just huge, big shoulders. And then he took his jacket off and his other jacket under that and then a shirt under that, and there's this <laughs> tiny little skinny guy standing next to his motorbike, and it says he knows our frame, that we're but dust. Wow, mm. that's so good. Yeah, that's good. Ray, was that you? <laughs> yeah, that is me. I, I, I wear big jackets. <laughs> it was me. Uh, yeah, so again, the Spirit is referenced to, referred to as the Revealer, the Spirit of Truth, Spirit of God, the Lord. Uh, the spirit of life, our teacher, the witness, so many different things. And, and, and honestly, we don't have enough time to, to go as deep as I'd like to. But let, let me wrap it up with this quote by John MacArthur. He said, I remind you what the true ministry of the Holy Spirit looks like. It's not chaotic, flashy, and flamboyant like a circus. It's usually concealed and inconspicuous the way fruit develops. We cannot be reminded too often that the Holy Spirit's primary role is to exalt Christ, especially to elicit praise for Christ from his people. The Spirit does this in a uniquely personal way. First of all, by reproving and convicting us, showing us our sin, opening our eyes to what true righteousness is, and making us sense deeply our accountability to God, the rightful judge of all. The Holy Spirit indwells believers, empowering us to serve and glorify Christ. He leads us and gives us assurance of our salvation. He prays for us with groanings too deep for words. He seals us, keeping us secure in Christ. The Spirit's daily presence is the source and the secret of our sanctification as he conforms us to the image of Christ. Oh, man. Seriously. Friends, don't, don't be like a machine that is unplugged. Don't be someone who is disconnected from not an impersonal force, but from God himself, who has revealed himself to us in Scripture as the Spirit of God, God the Spirit. And make sure that your life is wholly dependent on him, that he does animate you, he does empower you, he does energize you, and that you remain sensitive to him. Especially remember Ephesians 4, 30 through 32, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. Walking in the Spirit and not grieving the Spirit should manifest itself in how we love one another as his 
disciples. That's how the world will know that we are his. That's it, friends. Man, I feel uh, stirred up now. So make sure to check out... Yeah, what? <laughs> is yeah. that oh, .com? Or Please, yes. I need the Spirit's Empowerment right now to wrap it up. That's <laughs> .com, <laughs> not .org. That's what it is. Make sure, friends, to check out the Ten Commandments, Scroll Pen, the Evidence Study Bible, and Living Waters Podcast Mug, all at livingwaters.com. Don't forget, podcast at livingwaters.com with your thoughts and comments and all that good stuff. And remember to give us comments on our platforms. We'll read them, as you've been seeing us do. Maybe. No guarantees. And uh, remember to give us a rating and come back again. Thank you for joining us, friends. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters Podcast. The ultimate source. No. 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 (laughs) Authority? No. The ultimate cure for insomnia. <laughs> Maybe we need a new tagline. Yeah, yeah, it's time. It's time Maybe for a new we need tagline. A new host. <laughs> <laughs>